Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Ann Lindsay. What are you? You're in the Pepto-Bismol room. I'm back in the Pepto room. It's been a while, right? Yeah, it has. We've been in person. I've been at home. Been traveling. You like the Pepto room. What's this plant? It's fake. fake. It's fake. It's fake. Uh, oh, I broke it. <laughs> you broke the plant. <laughs> I break real and fake plants. Um, this is my little setup when I do interviews in my office over Zoom. Mm. Lots of stuff been happening in the last couple of days, man. Everybody quit. No to jumping. you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you okay? Well. And do you agree that they should have? I don't want to talk about it because... It was. There's a lot more serious stuff that probably oh, would have to be talked about. You know, you know more. To the no, story. it's not that I know more. It's just that this this has been breathtaking to watch, man. This has been breathtaking to watch. Did they this. leave on the pot? Like, did they announce that they were leaving, which which would they add to the drama of this reality no, show? Not like, on, on the, the podcast. podcast. They did. Okay. No, they they did it somewhere else, and then it's all kinds of other stuff happening. You know, end of an era. A lot, quit, a lot of people quit, no jumper. Everybody quit at the same time. So maybe mm. the end of the era there. Yeah. So, well, thank, you know. thank God you have housewives, man. I do. You got housewives. I, I don't understand how I get criticized for the housewives that I like. What, who's criticizing you? You. Who do you like? Who are your favorites? This, these are my, this is my power ranking of Potomac. Would you like it? I would love it. These are this the power ranking of my Potomac favorites right here. Number one, Giselle. Okay. okay. Number two, I gotta admit, Mia. All right, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear the rest. Three, Candace. <laughs> Candace, I agree. Three, Candace. Fuck with Candace. If it's if it's couples, if it's couples together. Then Candace and her husband go to number one. What is this power ranking based off of? Because I am not understanding one and two. So Especially why don't you understand? The, because you have started, and, and, and I'll say this, not, not to interrupt you. You have started on season seven. Mm-hmm. There were six seasons before, which mm-hmm. I just learned you have started watching, which yes. I have invited myself over because mm-hmm. what y'all don't know is before this podcast, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to have to go do a read on. I didn't say on set. I just said I'm going to have to do a read. Van thought I was talking Housewives, which gives me so much joy <laughs> that mm-hmm. you confuse the two. But you're starting over again. The fact that you started with season or not again, but you are starting at season one. The fact that you started at season seven and your power ranking is Giselle and Mia. I am not understanding because this was a bad season for both of them. Season one. Absolutely, Giselle. Season seven, not so much. Well, can I finish the ranking first so we can move time? Sure, sure. Okay. N- number, four? Number, number four is Ashley. Okay. Um, number five is Robin. Really, it's a tie at four. I like Robin a lot. I like Robin a lot. Uh, then the Grand Dame. And then Wendy last. <gasps> Poor Wendy. Poor yeah. Wendy. Wendy can just never just the win favor down. with people. But the fact... And then Wendy. The fact that you put Karen number six. You're hating on her. You're hating <laughs> on her. The She's grand the grand dame. Dame. 
the, the, <laughs> let me tell you something about the Grand I fuck, I love the Grand Dame. And she almost really shouldn't even be on the ranking because she's almost outside of the ranking. Yeah, you put her six. <laughs> yeah, and she's almost outside of the ranking. But the thing about the Grand Dame is she is like, she's like the Wilson Fisk, the kingpin. She's always got a shady situation going on, but like next levels. It's like you have a candle with two wicks. She's got a candle with three wicks. <laughs> she, she's like, she kind of a swagger jacker. She's a swagger jacker a little bit, right? She kind of jack no. swagger. No. She jack swagger. She does. She, she like, had her candle company before Wendy did. Okay, but see, but also she jacked the live show idea. She 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 jacked it. She Not kind of from Robin and Wendy, Robin and um Giselle. She uh-huh. just jacked it from live shows in general. <laughs> she just jacked it. She had her own thing. So it's like the Grand Dame sometimes feels like she'll never let you be great. I do like I do like the KFC thing though. She had the, oh, the KFC. She, she yeah. right. <laughs> but like so so the Giselle and Mia thing is because Mia is just fun. She's fun. She's shady. And what I like about Mia is that she owns who she is. It's like during the reunion, the girl goes, you fuck with for steak and lobster. She goes, I admit it. But admit Mia it. lies. They all lie. No, but Mia says stuff just to get a reaction. Like she accused Wendy of sleeping with Peter based off of absolutely nothing. You she said she saw the, 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 uh, the, the video. She there was no the video because she released the picture and it's, or maybe it's a video and it's just Peter and Wendy having dinner and right. Wendy's talking to the camera. So the thing is, is Mia's too reckless. She's entertaining. Mm. Yeah. She would be in the middle somewhere for me. But okay. she ain't what's number yours? two. What's, what's your ranking then? I got to go with the Grand Dame. She's number, number one? one. She's absolutely. You got the Grand Dame at number one? I, we're going to mark this. I want you to finish when you have time, one through six, and I want to see your ranking change. Mine's based off of seven seasons. Okay, you know what okay, this is similar that's to? That's fine. This is what? similar to the Oscar conversation. You can't have a power ranking because you haven't seen all six seasons. Fair enough. <laughs> Full Fair circle enough. moment. Full Fair enough. Full circle moment. I, like, I'm only ranking it off what I've seen. <laughs> that's fair, though. Like, like, I, that's she fair. Does, does trigger word deserve it? She does deserve. deserve it. Deserve. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Grand Dame. Candace. Ashley. Giselle. Wendy. Mia Robin. Mm. Ashley is a is a wild card. Wait till you see her on the seasons before, because you haven't met Michael Darby. Michael, I met Michael Darby. He was in there. I saw Michael Darby. Michael Darby's the old Australian dude or whatever. He wasn't in this season seven. Well, I must have watched something else then because I yeah. saw this episode where Michael Darby got into it with uh, the coolest husband is is Candace's husband. Oh, Chris, he's al- yeah. He's also really explosive. Nice. He's so <laughs> mad. But he's the coolest husband. I mean, fucking Juan Dixon does shouldn't even be Juan Dixon is so much cooler. Juan Dixon is fucking Juan Dixon. So I don't even count Juan Dixon as a part of this, to be honest with you. Because Juan Dixon is a fucking... Y'all don't even understand who Juan Dixon is. I mean... Y'all even... You probably do. But these motherfuckers don't even know who the fuck Juan Dixon is. For me, a guy like me, a guy of my age, 
Juan Dixon, Maryland, busting fucking ass. Juan fucking Dixon. Like, I don't even know Juan Dixon. Like, it's Juan Dixon. It's fucking Juan Dixon. So I don't even compare him to the rest of these niggas. It's Juan fucking Dixon. You know what I'm saying? From Maryland, nigga. Bussing ass. Duke, Miami, Florida State. Bussing ass. Juan Dixon. Okay? Uh, so she's totally different for me. It's like Which she's totally not different. really involved in season seven. But on the other seasons, you see a lot of Juan. He used and to even show up to reunions. So the, the Michael Darby guy he accosted, I guess, allegedly. Chris, allegedly, Chris at some event, and then Chris was about to bust his ass. Chris is always about to bust somebody's ass. <laughs> they try Chris. They try. Candace tries him. They, they, they try him. So you haven't even seen it. Candace and Chris used to get her mom tries him. Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. There's so much for you to see. There's was, Chris so much. A, was Chris a rapper back in the day? He looked like the type of white boy that was rapping. I like Chris. <laughs> that has never been addressed, but. Um, but we'll watch it. We'll catch up. You're right. I can't really give a definitive ranking until I've seen all the seasons. But based upon what I've seen, those that, that would be my ranking. And and before we move on, because you're into Potomac now, if you had to pick one housewife, because I feel like that could happen, to come on our podcast from Potomac, who would you want? Giselle. Really? Either Giselle or... Well, we got to think about who's going to make the best podcast, though. Giselle would be good. Giselle would be shady. Shout make out a, to Giselle. She had my book in the background of one of her Real Housewives scenes. But on you played season her. Seven. But you I did not her. play her. You did. I'm, not, I'm disappointed with Giselle this season. I don't like Why? the way she handled. I don't like the way she handled. I'm not taking away the way that she felt uncomfortable. I acknowledge that. I don't like how she played it up, which she has come back and said in the reunion, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said this. That to me was a little disappointing because that's See? somebody's marriage. And so my thing is, I don't really know what we're doing here. Either she can say she was uncomfortable or not. She can. But right. she called him a sneaky link. She, uh, was, sneaky you know what I mean? Like, she apologized, but she apologized for those things. I'm only How? talking about that. I'm not taking this, away from her feeling uncomfortable. Is this stuff real? Don't you love it? Don't, it's you're it's so like, how can, how can we, how can this be true? That you would say something like that about somebody's husband on... Is this stuff real? Yes, because I'm very cool with Candace and she does not fuck with Giselle at all. Mm. It is very real. What's Candace's song? I like it. It's a little bop. Call me if you got a problem. Call me if you want to have a motherfucking problem. Call me and you come in here and we can have a problem. Call me if you got a motherfucking issue, nigga. What's the, what's the song? I like that little shit. That song will be going. The that, that's the song. It's, call me if you got a motherfucking problem. Come and see me if you got a problem, little nigga. Like, I like that shit. That's the song. Donna, you ever heard that shit before? That's the guy. It's a little bop. That's a bop. Donna's in heard the it. Potomac, right? I, 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 I am. Yeah, I'm a little bit. Yeah. I'm way behind. I'm like two seasons in. That that is. I'm not even making it up. That's kind of how the song goes. And she has several it. songs that are really good. But the one that just dropped though on the season, you know, what I'm talking about. You know this joint. The one, not the one with Trina. I don't think it's the one with Trina. I think it's a different one. Are you about to play it? No, I'm. I'm looking it up. I'm just trying to find the name. Well, while you're looking it up, we're gonna. Get to the big deal of the day, which is Florida House Bill 999. Shout out to everybody in Real Housewives of Potomac. And you know what, man? <clears throat> Shout out to Peter Thomas, too. He's not you even know. on that show, but he looms large 
over everything. There's a that's whole going on. there's a whole thing with Peter. <laughs> Peter need to stay out of women business, honey. Turn into old chick, honey. Girl, bye. <laughs> Shout out to Peter and Portia. All right. We deal with it on the side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with Shea butter and black dermatologist approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. The deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up mm-hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm-hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant off today. <laughs> maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. Oh, yeah. Thing. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Uh, okay, uh, I, I didn't get to say this at the top, but we have a very special guest. We have a very lively chat with and she is just too fucking smart she's 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 smart she's knowledgeable and we need her to be uplifted and viewed view her like you view what view reese colbert view reese colbert like you view everybody else that you hate i i keep here i see everyone look this is what i'm saying you're not gonna hate reese colbert Black right. women views. Black women views. You're not gonna hate her. She's great. She's amazing. But I don't see y'all sharing her. Even myself, like Candace Owens gets shared, like Tommy Laren gets shared. We share all the people we disagree with. Meanwhile, there are people that mean to educate and promote black political thought, and they don't get as much love because they don't get as much hate. Okay, we'll talk. We'll talk to her later. We're gonna talk to her about Kamala Harris and some of the recent discussion mm-hmm. around. Um, her saying that uh, America's not a racist country, and what Amanda Seals had to say that uh, had to say about that on Jason Lee's show. Before we get to that, we're going to talk about House Bill nine 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 in Florida. Uh, Florida's goal to bl- ban niggas at all costs. Uh, Florida is continuing on its quest to ban anything black. You know how uh, Issa says she's rooting for everybody black. Mm-hmm. Florida said, fuck that. <laughs> We're banning anything black. What they're doing now is attempting to ban diversity and inclusion programs on university campuses. Rachel, what's going on? Uh, I saw somebody say it like this. They were like, 
the 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 pushing of this bill, the politicians that are pushing this forward, and, and we should let it be known that Ron DeSantis has not signed it as of yet. But at the, based on everything he has said before, what would stop him? Mm. But this bill is basically saying, and I got this from somebody else, I'm not racist. I'm just against entities making an effort to be racially diverse, equity being granted to all races, and non-white people being purposely included in things. If you say it that way out loud, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. It is racist. Everything about the bill is, and particularly the vagueness of the bill. The fact that it seems to be all-inclusive and then an argument could be made that you could just throw any type of program, activity that is on a college uh, campus, uh, some type of higher education institution that's uh, state-run, you could pretty much say that it falls into this category based on the language as it is, which is the problem, which that's what we'll be curious to see if Ron DeSantis even signs this because without changing any wording to the bill. What's also interesting is at this point, we know that everything that Ron DeSantis is doing is performative to fight this culture war that currently exists in our country and to play to a conservative base. He has yet to announce, but we're assuming that he's doing all this to solidify an announcement that's coming soon, which I know you've said on the podcast, you didn't think that he was going to run. I'm curious to think if you think that that's changed. Did I say that? Yeah, you said you didn't think that he would really run. Donnie, am I wrong and I say that? Didn't Van say he didn't think DeSantis would run in 2024? If, mm, if, I got to look I, back at it. I don't remember. I'm almost... If I, okay, if I said that, I'm a fucking moron. He's definitely running. Fuck you, Van. I don't know. <laughs> I could have sworn you said you really didn't think that he would run against Trump. But whatever. Well, maybe I, if I said, hey, fat bitch, <laughs> keep your political... <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, <laughs> see, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, see, I'm telling you, fat bitch, fat like fat bitch, no, fat bitch always cooks, fat bitch. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, 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 nothing cooks like fat bitch. It's a can't miss. It don't matter who it is, how much money you got, yeah, fat bitch. <laughs> and he just <laughs> see it always cooks. It don't matter. Don't matter what you got going on, man. Jabba the Hutt, the leader of all of Tatooine. Somebody look at look at you, fat hut bitch. And Jabba feelings gonna be hurt, and everybody gonna laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's the it's the emphasis you put on fat bitch. I feel like you were like. You know, in some days she's a fat bitch, and I just actually no, it was just funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> no, 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 you can't even lie. What you just said was way funnier than, than, than what fat bitch. It's like that's how we used to we you know we say that you look at somebody ah oh, whatever fat bitch. It's just funny. You can't you can't beat it. Anyways, what I was saying is we know that he's all doing this because this announcement is looming over us that he's going to run for presidency, or at least that's what's being assumed in 2024. But what's interesting is, obviously, this plays to an extremely conservative base. These type of bills, the the Stop Woke Act, the Don't Say Gay Bill, all these things play to a, a conservative base. But I'm, I'm wondering if he's going too far because he's going to alienate independents and moderate voters because it's just too extreme. These type of bills are 
too vague and too general where the wrong thing is going to get, well, it's just wrong, period, but too much is going to get thrown into it where I think it's going to have an adverse effect. Because the irony, too, is that DeSantis is going on this whole thing about DIE and how it's just trendy and it's trendy politics, but is that not what DeSantis is doing? Because if you even go back, he signed a bill in 2021 that was promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it is only until recently, as he's going on this tour, you could say, before his announcement, that he is jumping on a trend and an ideology that everything that is diverse or that is inclusive is wrong and alienates white people. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it's interesting, your question. Uh, you know, the bill bans courses based on unproven theoretical or exploratory content and majors in gender, women's studies, or gender studies. Uh, that, stuff like that is such a large swath of people that you start to wonder if the consciousness of that bleeds over into people who are not as uh, viciously invested into the culture war as you know, some of us might be. I'm um, the culture war, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. It depends yeah. on where we are politically and culturally. It's hard to see it sometimes, right? You have a lot of things that are happening at the same time right now. You have the right sort of re-examining whether or not Trump and Trumpism and far-right political um, sort of strategies are a winning formula for them. And that's based not upon uh, any litmus test that they take of the American political consciousness. It's based upon election results. It's based upon the fact that they are not doing as well as what they think that they should be doing based upon Mm -hmm. the fact that Democrats are knocking the ball out of the, the park or at least the perception is that, that they aren't. That's something that Reese is going to talk to us a little bit about later too. Um, and so you wonder whether or not it's the policies and the way that they're framed, the talking points and the way that they're rolled out, or whether or not it's Trump himself. Meaning, would Ron DeSantis's would these politics be more palatable from someone who isn't Donald Trump? Is hmm. this Trump fatigue that the right is uh, enduring right now? Or is this a fatigue of a specific way of looking at the country? And that spills over into the independence. And that's impossible for me to know right now. Mm-hmm. It might be that the figurehead of this entire thing, the face of this particular type of, of political talk is something that's losing, but the talk itself might still be galvanizing um and attractive to a group of people. Now, I don't suspect that that's the case, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're talking about independents who are going to vote more on issues that are uh, benign to these culture wars. But I don't know. I don't know if Ron DeSantis is either the fatigue factor of all of this or if he's uh, shot in the arm to it. He's younger. Um, he's not that much older than me, uh, which... You know, in and of itself, it's like, damn, nigga could have been a president. <laughs> Shit. Um, so he's he's not that much older than me, um, you know. So I, I don't I don't know. I, I do know that on its face, it would seem like 
this wouldn't fly with the majority of Americans. But remember, we always box ourselves into a, into a corner of thinking that Ron DeSantis needs to win a majority of Americans. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just, the presidential election is based upon really winning in the places you have to win. So can Ron win back Georgia? Can Ron win back Nevada with this? Can he win back Arizona with this? Is this, if you wrap all of this up in a different, um, in a, in a different wrapper, will people buy it in different places? I don't know. But this right here seems to be, when you look at it, right? So the things that it puts in, in jeopardy, like you might not be able to have Divine Nine fraternal, fraternities and sororities on campuses under this bill. Mm-hmm. Like this bill is, uh, <laughs> it's a reconstruction in its own right yeah. of the last 60 to 100 years uh, of America cultural, American cultural evolution. It's a zeroing out of that. It's really scary stuff in terms, you know what I mean? And in terms of not being able to discuss differing experiences and not being able to live them out uh, in Florida. Only white is right. Kind of under well, also, it's, and let's not forget Texas has a similar bill that they're mm-hmm. trying to push forward as well. So, you know, you talk about it in Florida and you think, oh, that's just Floridians. But you have to remember that every single time something like this happens, it sweeps across these red states. And it really is troubling to me because I went to a predominantly white school. Oh, did you? My entire I my entire life, I went, and then I went to a PWI. Shout out to the University of Texas, who were who I put as number one to win the the championship in my bracket. Did you fill out your bracket? I did fill out a bracket. Who'd you the, pick? The niggas not gonna win. Who'd you pick? I picked fucking Gonzaga. Somebody here did too. They yeah, say they're that they're flying win. under the radar. Okay, they're, but they're, well, they're 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 a good team. I think can make a deep tournament run. But my back, my bracket is all fucked up. I can literally name you six guys that play college basketball right now. Six, maybe. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like, not. Like, I'm not like, that great. My bracket's all fucked up. I like, read some stuff. I'm not that great. Yeah, I know. We can't. We can't be great at everything. But yeah. we still fill out our brackets. Anyways, um, I was saying that Texas is doing the same thing. Oh no, I was talking about going to Texas. All right, so I went to white schools my entire life. Then I go to a PWI. I was searching for diversity when I went to the school because I had never gone to a place, a school where there were programs and activities in place where I could learn about other cultures, but it particularly immerse myself. Ben's trying not to laugh at me right now. Particularly, I feel you got a smirk on your face, but particularly immerse myself in black culture because mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't ever got that in schooling. I got it in church. I got of it in course, the neighborhood. Yeah. I had it with my, my family got and friends, city. but I didn't have it in school where I spent a few city, mm-hmm. but I, clubs, the streets, mm-hmm. See? <laughs> but I didn't mm-hmm. get it, but I didn't get it in education. Mm. So I was very eager to be a part of the African-American Culture Committee. A-A-C-C. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Black N- Niggas will make a fucking chant out of anything. <laughs> it's a fucking black club. It's like, we it's like, what if... We step team. Oh my we, God. We, we used yeah, to it's, it's strut. Great. It's great. It's great. It was, it, but it was amazing. We would do mm-hmm. activities and we would promote black culture and we weren't the only ones. It was all, it was, we were all under the SEC, which there were other cultures as well that were celebrated every single 
um, ethnicity was represented and it was fun. And they put on these programs and it was such a fun place. I, that, I, that was amazing for me to get that at a PWI. And of course, I'm a part of the D9. We know that. Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. That is, we're talking now that sororities and fraternities might disappear under this bill. You're talking about African-American culture committees and BSAs being completely erased under these type of, uh, under this bill, which more than likely will pass. These are Republican legislatures and they're going to vote for in favor of this bill, it's just a matter if the governor's going to sign it. We know Greg Abbott would sign it, and I'm sure DeSantis will as well. So that's what's so troubling about this, to have such a rich experience because I was a part of these programs and activities, and to know that they might not exist, it's devastating. So it'll be an interesting situation if the bill does come to his desk, because, um, you know, and I want to look a little bit deeper into... America's transformation uh, since we've sought to have diversity and inclusion as, as a part of the national conversation. I want to look into that a little bit deeper, and we will next week, I think. But it'll be interesting, the decision for him to sign it or to not sign it. Um, it's the kind of thing that if you're in a general election, you don't sign. But if uh-huh. you're in a primary, you do sign. Because uh-huh. in a general election, you have to be Winston Churchill. And in a primary election, you have to be David Duke. Or maybe not. Maybe Churchill is not the best example for that. Maybe it's John F. Kennedy, you know, in a, in a primary, but uh, in, in a general. But in the primary, you have to be, ah, ah. You have to call people fat bitch on stage. You know what I mean? And then in the general, <laughs> you can't really show that. Um, so it's interesting. But I think. It's just so funny that we have conversations about this and we always used to talk about what America would have looked like or what the world would have looked like if the Nazis won, right? Mm-hmm. I remember watching Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and the uh, Last Crusade and Indy's sneaking around. He's wearing a Nazi uniform. Indy manages to fight the Nazis in every movie. He's getting older, but the Nazis aren't dying out. Um, But they're they're burning books. He's sneaking around. They're burning books. Indy says, maybe you guys should try reading books instead of burning them. And there was a time in America, right, where that was such a powerful sentiment because we were the nation that read books mm-hmm. and invited the exploration of who we were and invited the interrogation of our ideals, at least on the surface. No, maybe not as deep as what we would want it to be, but there was a national consciousness that understood that uh, tearing knowledge into ash was a bad thing. That's gone. Like the yep. the conversation now is kind of about which books to burn. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, and at the forefront of this is a whole political movement. That we are uh, are forced to act like it's legitimate. That this guy's right. the governor of Florida. He's not some backwater mayor uh, of some place in the Panhandle who's trying to get this done for headlines in the goddamn Pensacola Gazette. He's 
the governor of the state that's right. ha- has to deal with this. I mean, it's not coming from him, but it's a part of sort of what he's created. No, yeah, it's about making one group feel comfortable at the expense of another. Absolutely. That's what's happening. All right, so uh, we're going to give you guys a little rest, and then we're going to bring in Reese Colbert, Black Women Views, okay? Serious XM host, and really one of the brightest political minds in this entire country. We're going to talk about Kamala Harris and what Amanda Seals had to say on Jason Lee's podcast. Shout out to Seals. Shout out to Jason Lee about whether or not we can support a vice president who doesn't think America's a racist country. We talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again on the other side of this break. This episode is brought to you by Shea Moisture. We finally got some deodorants designed specifically for people with rich melanin skin from Shea Moisture. And they're amazing. Made with shea butter and black dermatologists approved. These deodorants give you and your skin the care that it needs. Now, here's the thing, Rachel. Okay. Deodorants came to the house. Yes, me too. You got yours. I got them. Kalika picked one up Mm -hmm. specifically. And I was like, oh, why are you picking that one up? And she said, because it says it's even underarm tone. Mm -hmm. And she goes like, sometimes when you use the other deodorants, they leave like your underarms untoned or something like that. And she was so excited to have it. She went back and she started using it right there, which made me wonder if she had put deodorant off the day. <laughs> maybe she just reapplied. Maybe she, but, but like, so that's a, it's a huge deal. And I've been using it too. It's very great. It's good. It smells good. Oh, yeah. Thing. No, no, no. It is good. And it's last long. Like mm. I'm a sweater. Mm-hmm. So I need something strong. Mm. And I need, in addition to, I like that it evens out the underarm. I like the moisture and all of that, but it's the, I need it to last long. And this lasts for, it's a 48 hour sweat and odor protection, which is key. Wow. Uh, get the protection your skin deserves. Tap the banner to learn more or visit SheaMoisture.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Look at you. You're smart. You're stylish. You've just got it going on. And your ride should be no different. The new 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid is the sedan that meets all your needs. With head-turning details like a sleek front-end plus stylish interior and an available 12.3-inch digital instrument cluster and seamless tech integration. Okay, Hyundai. Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2024 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid. Okay, fascinating topic involving Vice President Kamala Harris and some statements that she made that we talked about here on Higher Learning. Uh, we have Reese Colbert joining us today. Reese, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you all? Very um, good. Thank you. Reese, how would you want people to best know who you are and what you do on various platforms? You are, to me, one of my go-to political pundits, political commentators. Is that well, what you would you. say? Oh, yes. Well, mm-hmm. I am the host of the Reese Colbert Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Mm-hmm. Uh, it airs every Saturday live from 3 to 4 p.m. So that's the number one thing. But I'm also an advocate, particularly for Black women and for Black political power and a number of things. But those are the those are the things I lead off with. I've seen you on uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered, places mm-hmm. like that. Like, Reese is out here doing her thing. I always oh, yeah. go to see what 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 she's talking about and and how she's uh doing her thing on her various social media networks now uh, Amanda Seals um someone who who's a pal of mine who I've known for a while uh was on the Jason Lee show and she talked about these statements that Kamala Harris made when Kamala had said 
that America was not a racist country. Okay, this reignited the debate around how political uh, allies or politicians that we elect should frame conversations regarding race. Here is what Amanda said when she was on Jason's show. You know, when Kamala said this ain't a racist country, she lost me and she ain't got me back yet. Do you think that that was her speaking to the hopes of not wanting to live in a racist America? She can't do that. Right. We have a country that was 1000% built on the foundation of racism that now legislators are trying to pretend didn't happen and are getting that through and doing it on an education level and on a DEI level. In my opinion, it's particularly not just as vice president, but as the first black woman vice president and who got there and who got this man elected largely in part because black women like myself were like, do what we always do. Mm-hmm. Let's show up. You can't get in there in that position and then make such an egregiously false statement. All right. So. Just to be honest, Rachel and I, we talked about this when she said. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to speak for Rachel. But I was very dismayed that she said it as well. Hmm. Okay. Reese, you have a different take on it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's your take? Well, okay, let's start off. Number one, this comment was made in April 2021. And mm-hmm. so the notion that that was so disqualifying that nothing since then has been redeeming to me is a little ridiculous. However, I think Amanda's completely entitled to support or not support who she wants to. So that's not even an issue with me. As far as this particular comment, Tim Scott, uh, uh, Senator Tim Scott set the trap where it was essentially a no-win situation. He said that America is not a racist country, which, of course, uh, was going to be a question that would be asked as a yes or no statement. Now, Vice President Kamala Harris did say that she does not believe that this country is racist. But to borrow a line from Young Jeezy and from Manny Fresh, and then what? Because <laughs> that wasn't where she left it at. She said, but we also have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its existence today. And then what? Then she said, one of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And then what? Then she said, and so these are issues that we must confront and it does not help to heal our country, to unify us as a people, to ignore the realities of that. So that's a very different statement than simply saying, I don't think America is a racist country and skip it off into the sunset with her rose-colored glasses. So I do think that context matters. If you want to respond to a statement, I think it's fair to take issue with wording and, and diction, but at least provide the entire context. And then if you have a problem with it in its entire context, that's a different conversation as opposed to portraying that as though it's erasing the very things in the next breath she discussed. I'm sorry, VC. Every single time you said, and then what? In my head, I kept saying, boom, boom, clap. (laughs) (laughs) But I heard everything. (laughs) You can take the girl out the trap. Look, that's me. You can take the girl. (laughs) But I heard everything that you said. I will say this. I obviously, anybody who listens to this podcast remembers the conversation that Van and I had. And I definitely was disappointed with what Kamala Harris had to say. However, I'm not on the Amanda Seals side where I think, Mm -hmm. well, now I'm just going to turn my back on her completely off of 
I don't like the way that she said a certain statement. I take I take everything that she said as a whole mm-hmm. and I understand and I wish she would have been stronger and more forceful in what she said because she in essence is saying that there is racism in this country. But right. I think what we wanted was more of a declarative sentence that America is a racist country based on everything that we've seen, everything that we've experienced and that w- what we've continued to see. What I would love for Kamala Harris at this point is that was April 2021, as you said. So much has happened since then. Right. I would want her to come back. I'm not saying she's to take back what she said, but I want her to have a stronger stance on this particular topic. I'm not saying that she hasn't done things. The Biden-Harris administration hasn't done things for Black people. I think that's something that people, there, that's a narrative out there that they aren't doing anything for Black people. And I'm not going to put that out there. But I do wish that with, in regards to that statement, because people do clip just that one part and then use that as a headline, that she would come back and clarify that more. But then I also want to ask you this, Reese, because it made me think of this. In, re- in regards to the conversation that Van and I had back when she said it, and then fast forward to what Amanda Sills is saying now, mm-hmm. do we have unrealistic expectations of Kamala Harris? When she got named vice president, did Black people expect her to solve all of our problems? Like some well, did with Barack. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I believe that she has unrealistic expectations. And even with those very unrealistic expectations, she should have, if you're looking at the data, the policy and her leadership, I think if you're actually really paying attention, she has exceeded those expectations. And her footprints are all over so many of the policies within this administration. My response to Amanda was simply just the rhetorical response. I didn't even get into the policy response. If we look at something, let's just take one specific thing. One of the things that she has championed since being a senator is the issue of Black maternal mortality. She was the first senator to ever introduce a bill specifically to address Black maternal mortality. The same month that she made this comment about racism in this country, she had the first ever Black maternal health event at the White House that had never been done before. That was something that she has elevated to the White House level. And since then, her work around that has led to Medicaid being expanded from two months to 12 months in over 26 states. That is a direct result of her advocacy, specifically around maternal health. And so if you look at the kinds of things that she championed as a senator, the kinds of things she put in her presidential platform, which were then adopted by President Biden, like Juneteenth was a, was something she sponsored as a senator, like the Emmett Till lynching Hill, a bill, which is something that she revived as a senator. These are tangible, specific accomplishments that she's done. She doesn't get to take a victory lap for it. And she's never been that girl to be like, look at me, look at all that I've done. I think that's something she could do a better job at. But the reality is she has actually accomplished very specific and tangible things that she doesn't get any credit for, that she gets erased from. And that's what's unfair to me about it. Hmm. So let me let me tell you my problem with the statement. My problem with the statement in, <laughs> well, it's a lie, right? So it's a lie. So <laughs> that's my problem. Mm-hmm. So my problem with it, and I'll tell you why I see where Seals is coming from, is because it's not true. And something that frustrates me is sometimes we get into a situation where and I think it's more, it might be more about the way that we receive it than what it is that they're doing. 
sometimes people uh, campaign like activists and govern like politicians, you know, and and it that's disconnecting sometimes for black people, especially people that might not have the um, the sort of political IQ that you do or maybe that I might have or maybe that Rachel might have. I'm not certainly not saying that Seals doesn't. I'm saying that like what I think people want, especially from politicians, especially from black politicians, uh, and maybe this is an unfair expectation, is a sort of confrontation of truth. They want them to confront the truth of America uh, in some way that makes it, makes us feel whole. Like, Tim Scott is always going to say America is not a racist country, okay? If, if I'm asked that question, I would say, well, we certainly have a racist history. There's no getting around that. Right. The question is, where are we going? And that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. Boom. Question over. Like, done. That's it. Like, boom. Question over. When you say no, when you say no, it in a way disqualifies everything that you say after that because you're almost saying there's no race problem. And I think that just, you, it's not about, because, I, you know, I, I didn't expect Kamala Harris to solve all of my problems. I don't expect any black politician to solve all of my problems. But when I saw that, I was like, <sighs> we always have to, to, to soft pedal it. I'm not saying, I don't mean soft pedal is like she's dancing for the I mean, we just always have to kind of be, talk around the actual issue. Well, sure it is. You know right. what I mean? Just right. like, it, 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 you know? And, and, and I, I honor that perspective. I understand it because, um, you know, for some people, there would feel some sense of victory in her saying America is a racist country. They would be like, yeah, you told them. And then what, though? And then what, what does that mean for her? What does that mean for her political career? Let's just be honest here. What does that mean for, even though she said America is not a racist country, Nikki Haley is running around saying Kamala Harris said that it's a racist country. The reality is that we have rhetorical victories and people put a lot of stock in that. But we can actually have, and what she's demonstrated is we can have policy victories. I don't think she danced around the issue of racism. She specifically actually called out white domestic terrorism and racism. So I understand that, you know, it could be disappointing to hear the first part. But what I can't necessarily just disregard is, or what I can't understand is, why disregard everything else? Why disregard everything else she said in that statement? And why disregard everything else she's done? to demonstrate not only that she understands that systemic racism exists, but that she's actually done to tackle it, like home ownership appraisal bias. I was at the White House covering that event where they announced the initiative they're doing for that kind of issues. There's so I can keep going on and on down the list. Why going, disregard sure, yeah. that? You know, that's where I'm having a trouble with. Well, uh, Rachel, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and that's, I still wish Kamala would not have said that. Kamala Harris would not have said that. I'm going to stand by that. But I really do have a problem with what Amanda Seals did because her making the comment saying that she doesn't support her anymore. And Van, I would love for you to clarify or maybe 
that is what you meant. You said you see where Amanda's coming from. Do you see where she's coming from and being disappointed with what Kamala said? Or do you see where she's coming from in regards to no longer offering support behind her? Because that's what's the problem. That's what the headline is going to be. That's what you're going to see. A lot of Black people say, yeah, Kamala Harris did say that and not know all the other things that she has done to support Black people or for the betterment of Black people, or even the fact that things that Biden gets credit for. You can't deny that that her as vice president sitting there next to him is whispering in his ear on some of the things that he needs to do for the betterment of Black people. That's my biggest thing with Amanda because people are going to take that and run with that and use that as an excuse to not support Kamala when they should, that shouldn't be the case. I can absolutely see why for some people it's disqualifying. And... And I'm, it's not disqualifying for me, but I can absolutely see why, why for some people it's disqualifying. And here's the, the, the simple truth of it is, and it, from my purview, the simple truth is that we're, we're, we're getting pushed to a point to where if we can't even have an honest conversation about some of these things, and if we can't even rely on people to have what we think might be an honest conversation about some of these things, then it feels depowering and sort of hollow when they ask us to run out to the polls to support them and undo the evils of the other side, confront the greater evil. And we know what that is when we don't even have, because they're completely honest about everything that they think to a fault, to where we can't even have a real conversation about some things that we know to be true. This is some people's problems with aspects of the left. And I get the quagmire that the left is in. They have a much more diverse base, a, a base that is not uh, as homogenous as the as what it would be on the right. Um, and they have to win in places where people <laughs> aren't, where people are closer to the other side than we would like to admit. Some suburban voters in places that don't want to hear that America is a racist country. Uh, I, I get that, and I understand that, and I understand that the vice president hasn't been the failure that some on both sides have pointed her out to be. But if you and I, if the three of us were having a conversation about misogyny, and the first thing I said to you guys was, "It doesn't exist. It's not real." Right? If I, if if we were having a conversation about whether or not we live in a society that's that's like uh, that that talks about misogyny that 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 like that that uh perpetuates patriarchy and if the first thing i say is no no matter what i say after that there are going to be some people that say well if you can't give us the benefit if you don't have the courage and i'm not saying that she's a weakling i'm just p- pointing it out there to admit that there is a real pernicious and gigantic force that is weighing down upon us, then nothing else feels real. And it would have been, to be honest with you, really politically courageous for her to answer that question in a different way. And, Reese, to be honest with you, when you said her political career, you're right. She kind of chose that. And I can see, and for me, I get the nuance of it. I understand it. But for a lot of people, especially some of your your hyper-progressive people, that's kind of not what they want to hear right now. Like we, 
it's almost disrespectful in a way to hear, no, it's not a racist country. That's something you'd expect from Tim Scott. It's, 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 it's a no-win situation for her, which is why it's also kind of a shitty question. But still, yeah. you know what I mean? But can I, let me, let me, let me put it a little bit differently. If I asked, if we had a conversation and I said, are black men misogynists? Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yes. Okay. You, <laughs> okay, now, maybe you could say that. But Rachel, knowing the way social media works, knowing the way this whole <laughs> apparatus works, if we, if I ask you, Rachel, are black men misogynists? I would probably give you a no, but. Exactly. And Wait, that's, what? For real? Yeah. I would explain my no. I would say, I wouldn't say that it doesn't exist. Exactly. But I probably would not say black men, uh, black men are misogynist, period. Exactly. I wouldn't say it that way. Ask I wouldn't say question. it that way. Ask me the question. Ask me the question. But you have to also understand, Van, <laughs> what that the? you have a I would different be killed. position and privilege <laughs> as a Black man to say that Black men are misogynist, that Rachel or I would not have to say. If I ask you, uh, do Black women hate men, Black men, would you say yes? I would say, yeah, and I think there's a good reason why. I would, this is what I would, this, no, this is what I would say. This is what I would say. I'd say, if you ask me that question right now, I'll give you my honest answer. My honest answer is, I think there is a growing sense of misandry amongst black women. And I'll tell you why. I think that conversations that we're having via social media are, in my opinion, are not fruitful to fostering unions between black men and black women. I think black men and black women are being siloed and we're being asked to choose a side. And the further we're away from one another, the more animus it generates in the middle for each side. So if you ask me right now, if I think that there's a growing sense of hate, distrust, or disconnection from Black men to Black women, from Black women to Black men, I would say yes, but I also think it, 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 it exists from Black men to Black women. That's what I really think. Mm-hmm. But you and changed you, the question. No, I didn't. I answered yes to her question, and then I, I gave her context as to why. You know what I'm saying? I'm, mm-hmm. I guess when you wrote, when you said it back, you were like, "Is there a growing sense?" And it's like, "Do black women hate black men?" Period. Well, well, well. This is what I would say. Number one, I don't think that I think in both of the questions that we're asking right here, so about whether or not um, black men are misogynist and whether or not black men or black women, whether or not they they hate each other, I think these are questions that have a lot more nuance then whether or not America is a racist country. So let me let me clarify that first one. So w- w- racism in America is older than America. Slavery existed prior to the formation of the country. It's the first thing that America got good at was fucking over black people. Right. Black people were black people were freed in America and then specific legislation as we all know was made for generations after that to keep so the fact that America is a racist country and remains one is absolutely bar none one thousand percent fact like it's fact that's like saying is does it is is america an exploitive country yeah well of course it is it took a million 25 million people 30 million people off of their land of course the question about whether or not black men have uh, are misogynist to me men are misogynists and it would be very difficult to not grow not to be a misogynist in a society that tells you that the world revolves around you since you're four years old. So the question is, yes, 
But here is how things change, and then this is what we need to do. So these questions are different, but at the same time, if you ask me, do I think that there is a growing, like, hate and distrust for black men? Yeah. Like, yeah, I couldn't say that for all black women. You're asking me to generalize in these questions, where in the other question, you're asking me historical facts and contemporary reality. And I think they're kind of different, but I get it. But I think the whole point of me asking the question wasn't to get the answer. My whole point was to demonstrate the privilege or a lack of privilege to demonstrate the stakes with how you answer a question, regardless of whether it seems cut or dry, yes or no, to anybody else, there are different stakes involved depending on where you sit. Even on a podcast, you still felt the need to add all the qualifications and go into all of the additional statements that you made, aside from just saying yes, she's the second ranking person in this country. The stakes are higher. And the other thing I will say is, we do not show up for her. When she is getting dragged through the mud, when she is, when her words are being weaponized, when her laugh is being attacked, when everything under the sun is being attacked and she's being disrespected and violated over and over again, our community does not stand up for her in the way that we should if you call yourself a supporter. And so she's really out there hanging out on the limb, waiting for, people are waiting to pounce on her over everything. And so I can understand why she would say no but because I understand the stakes of where she is and I understand how people do not show up for her and never have shown up for her when she's getting draped over the coals. I'm not saying they showed up at the booth, yes, but how often do people show up and say, this misogynoir that she's experiencing is unacceptable. Y'all wouldn't treat nobody else like that. I almost never see it. Hmm. Well, I would argue that they did treat somebody else like that that that's how Barack Obama was treated when he was president. I'd argue that everything from the suits that he wore, I'd argue that I'd never oh, seen yeah. a president. I'd, I'd argue that I'd never seen a president have a finger pointed in his face by a governor. I've never seen a president being yelled at dur- during the State of the Union. I've never seen such disrespect to uh, the face of a president as what Barack Obama had. And I'm not saying that she's not dealing with anything that's very specific. But I will say that I do feel that there are a lot of Black people who feel disconnected from Kamala Harris. And there are a lot of Black people that feel disconnected, not just from Kamala Harris, from the the administration period. And I feel like sometimes, rather than confront that head-on, we're asked to consider what they're going through. Not just her, but President Biden as well. And a lot of the things that we're... that that that. I feel like they campaigned on to get done for black people. And we've talked about this. They haven't happened. A lot of things have. A lot of things have. We've had Bakari on. Bakari has explained how some of that's overblown. We've talked about that. But, you know, there are some big swings that there was no contact made. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I understand that it's in a weird position, but I really want somebody to answer that question in a different way. And it feels, it feels, it feels like we're made small when we got to keep pretending it's not raining. Right. I mean, I understand. I, I can't defend, I can't, you know, 
minimize or, or, or say that people aren't entitled to feel the way they feel by with their reaction to that. All I'm saying is that I think if you care about certain issues, if you care about systemic racism being addressed, if you care about policy and the impact it has in our community, to tune her out is wrongheaded in my view. And the last thing I say is when you talk about President Obama, I agree. He experienced unprecedented attacks. And we showed up for him. We were not having it. If you were Black and you came after Obama during the Obama years, you was going to get dragged. We wrapped our arms around him in a way that we have not done as a community at Mm. all. And then the other thing I'll say is I do this work all the time. And saying, I recognize why people are disillusioned and disaffected. One of the reasons why is because as Black people, we are targeted with the most disinformation. There's actual Mm. chaos agents and campaigns that target us in our social media feed. This is something that's been studied and something that has been written about many times. So there is a manufactured element of disillusionment and how we're being targeted. But also the process is not necessarily working for us the way we need to, in part because you have Republican trifecta in states like Georgia and Mississippi and in Texas that people don't understand the civics and do you have a a non-filibuster proof Senate. And so now we have a Republican majority in the Congress. So there are a number of layers for why people are not feeling like things are working for them. But laying that at the feet of uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and particularly laying that at her feet for something that was said two years ago is unfair to her. Mm. Hmm. Fair enough. Couldn't agree Fair more. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, because she's racist, y'all. And I and I love. We Kamala agree, Harris. or I I agree. I don't want to speak for Reese. I agree. I love. No, I, love I, Kamala I, Harris. Re- uh, but yeah, it's too. But I yeah. don't need. I don't need her to say that and that alone. I need her to tackle black maternal mortality and the black wow. home ownership gap and black student debt and lead pipes and environmental justice. That's what I need from her, and that's what I'm getting from her. Hmm. Um, Reese, where can people go and get more of this incredibly well-researched, nuanced, uh, real-time, realistic political analysis from you? Well, my website is ReeseCobert.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Reese Cobert, And on YouTube and Facebook, I am Black Women Views. Black Women Amazing. Views. I love her. <laughs> We're together. <laughs> We're together. Everybody is together. Yes. These are the conversations. Yes. That was a great Thank you so much for joining Reese. us on Higher Learning. Thank, Thank you, you so much. for having All me. Right. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. 
ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Reese. Loved it. Loved it. Van, I'm I'm always going to be here for a two-on-one, two against one. It felt nice to have that that girl power support, two black women. Just just (laughs) make sure you you say that in the right way. Because the way you said it at first. Well, Donnie. Boom, boom, clap. uh, Boom, boom. (laughs) The way you said it at first, I'm always going to be here for a two-on-one. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in your household over there? I love to get two-on-one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, yeah, let me ask you a question, Rachel. Do you think it's fair to say that black men are misogynists? Oh, God. See? Anything on that? Um, do I think it's fair to say that? Mm-hmm. Do you think, if I asked you, are black men misogynists, what would you say? I, told, I would say no, but. Because the thing is, you're making me say it in a general sense, right? Are all, you might as well say, are all black men misogynists? Aha, uh-huh. see if what you I just have did? To say, if I have to say if all black, because that, that's that statement to me, are black men misogynists is an all. It's just it's just not you're not saying it. Hey, but see, I so that's read why it I would different. say no. But I you read, read it different. different. I read it tell. different. See, see, if you ask me, are all black men misogynists? I would say no. But if you so, ask me, are black men misogynists? I'd say, oh, of course, yeah. You're assuming that it's a sum and not an all. Yes, nope. I, I look I'm at a, it as I'm a. a, a I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You're, you're right. I, no, I look I, at it in a different way. I'm assuming that the question is asking, and this is why the question is sort of different from uh, the America question. I think it's, I think we should be asking questions like this, and I think we should be able to be honest about those questions too. Um, I think the, 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 the question is different because, like, I don't think I think the American question is just a question of history, but I do think we should ask the question, like, as brothers is the basis of our relationship with women taught to us in misogyny. And there's just no way to say no. I think it's all men. It's not just black men. It's all right. men. Yes. Right. Yes. There's just no way to say no. Yeah, of course. Um, But yeah, she is right. I, I can say that. Y'all can't really say that, you know? But like, people me, already accuse me of hating black men on this podcast. You, Let's you don't just go love, ahead and ask you, you all to you the don't, You don't hate them, but you oh. don't love them. I I don't I don't love you. You love a black man. Wow, I don't but love black, black men. men. Oh please, you're, Rachel. You don't think you're tough on the brothers? Give me examples of how of when I've been tough on them. Because because I mean, there's a whole there's a whole. Oh, I'm not saying that I haven't at times, right. but I mean, people think you don't like black women. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, and I would I would argue I fight somebody over saying that about you because I don't I mean like do I say things you know do you say things maybe sometimes that are that can make people feel a certain way do I say things sure but I would never be like yeah Van can't stand black women so this but is my unlike thing. you who is like Rachel can't stand black men so so I didn't say that you couldn't stand black men okay so we're gonna talk about let's just get into it right now um. So the therapist, have you have you seen the therapist on Twitter? Have you seen this And story? I'm for it. See? <laughs> but wait. 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 Wait, let me say this. Wait. Can I just say something? Damn it. Wait, man. Man's gone, y'all. We have lost man. <laughs> I said, I wait, man, come back, come back to us. 
I, I spoke too soon. I like to explain. I like to have the opportunity to explain myself. <laughs> Man. Oh my God. Donnie, you can't, you can't tell me that's not hilarious. That's fucking funny. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Fuck with everybody. That's fucking hilarious right there. Okay, wait a minute. Okay. okay, let me pull let's, this up. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Go, okay, go ahead. Okay. Is, oh, I shit, hold on for a second. Wait a second. Bring Reese back. My, 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 my stomach hurts, man. Hold on for a second. My stomach hurts. But, my did you hurt yourself into having to go yes, to the bathroom? Man. Like, my, like... I, I pulled something in my side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the therapist, the therapist. Where is it at in the rundown, Donnie? I don't see it. It's not in the rundown. Okay, so we'll get Wait, to it. Wait, let me go back to the tech, to the, let's go, to the let's tweet. Go let's go to the tweet. Okay, let's go to the tweet real quick. So, <clears throat> uh, because... So there, <laughs> so there, there is a, there's a, a, a conversation being had right now on social media, the worst place to have such conversations, but the only place that we seem to have them. Uh around a therapist named Nicole Lewis. Nicole Lewis is a black lady therapist who you can tell is incredibly devoted, incredibly devoted to her work. It takes literally one look at her Twitter to see how much she actually cares about providing help to people. There is absolutely zero doubt about that. She Mm -hmm. tweeted something and she said, I am no longer accepting male clients. They get in my in- email inbox and want me to prove why they should choose me as their therapy. No scheduled consultations or nothing to see if we are a good fit. I'm not the one or the two to prove my worth to anyone. We would not work well together because you're already trying me and I'm not above going off on anyone. If you're trying me before the therapeutic relationship starts, I know you're out here being a minister, folks. <laughs> and, and that's going to activate my nervous system. So now it's a wrap. Now, this has triggered a fair amount of conversation on the Twitter sphere. Mm-hmm. Because this is the second time that there has been. Uh, that people can remember that there has been. Oh, this high... is her. No, it's not the same girl. Oh, okay. The, the so same woman, should I say? Excuse me. It's not the same woman. This is a different woman. But okay. remember, there was a therapist like earlier this year. No, no, it was, no, it's last. Year it was sure. in the last year. It was last year. It was last <laughs> year that said black men deserve hell or jail. Mm-hmm. Now this mm-hmm. lady didn't specifically say black women. This uh, and Ms. that's Nicole my Lewis. point. That's your point. She didn't specifically say black men. She mm-hmm. just said men. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you said, asked me the question, and you were leading into this topic, and I said, I agree with her. It's not me being anti-black men because that's the first thing I look for. Does she specify what type of man she's talking about? She's generalizing about all men. And the reason that I agree with her, and for me, it's not even really that deep. You already described this woman as someone, this woman, Nicole. Mm-hmm. You already described Nicole as someone who's extremely dedicated to the practice of therapy and who really wants to help others. So here's my thing. Why can't we look at it from her perspective? 
If she feels this strongly about the way that men are in her email and the way that they try her, maybe she feels that she couldn't help them without having her own bias after being challenged by men this way on a consistent basis. Maybe she feels like, you know what, if I have a man sit down on my couch, I'm going to have my own bias because of what I've gone through with with potential male clients. That's how I guess I looked at it. Also, you and I both do therapy. We know how this works. I usually get, I found my therapist based on recommendation from other people. I don't question and challenge them in that way. Or I remember when Brian and I, before we got married, we were looking in a couple's counseling and we started researching, looking at bi- biographies, what they had on their website to see if this was a right fit and they could understand us. We looked at their specialty. That's what you do in research. I don't email and challenge you and try to have a conversation like that or an argument with you before I even give you the opportunity to to have therapy with. So like, to me, that's backwards already. I wouldn't want that type of client either. I agree with her, but I think we're not giving her the benefit of the doubt. I don't think she feels like she can give men their, their what they really need based on everything that's happened. Well, this is the way I look at it. It doesn't bother me when anyone sets boundaries for themselves. Okay. You have to set boundaries for yourself. Okay. For me, when services are being provided, the 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 need to announce this. I will agree with that part. Seems like it's not for um I don't know how many clients. Maybe she's getting the majority of her clients off Twitter. Maybe people are seeing her, like they've seen her from Twitter. I don't know if that's the thing. Or maybe if you search her, she wants to know that, you know, she wants you to know that she's not seeing male clients. I don't know how. I've never found a therapist off social media before. Same. Um, So, I, you know, I don't know. But the need to announce this or the need to put this out here this is a specific situation that can only, you can only have male there, right? Mm-hmm. Certainly, if someone said this about women, we're not having this conversation. Certainly, if someone said this about black people, we're not having this conversation. The, really, mm-hmm. the only place that this works is like mm-hmm. male or white. So if a white therapist goes on Twitter and says, I'm no longer accepting black clients and this is why. Guys, like I, that. It, it, no, no, no. That I agree. I, I, I more so my hmm was if a man said, I'm not taking women. I, I probably would if I probably might have the same reaction. I, I would have the same reaction. The, the white and black. I would not. You're right. I would I, not. I, so I'm not I can't get in your mind, but I can assume here. And by the way, this makes sense because there's a power matrix between men and women that makes this sort of uh makes this sort of unequal. So you can't talk about it as a one-to-one because let's be honest, women have to protect themselves from men a lot more than men have to protect themselves from women, which is almost never, right? Mm-hmm. But like it, it, when you read something like this, especially living in a situation where we understand the need for men to have therapy, and the conversation ends up 
becoming, and there was a big conversation that spawned from this about men abusing women in all different types of professional settings. The conversation starts to become about, for somebody like me, whether or not like men are worthy of therapy. Because some of these things, to be honest with you, like uh, they have to do with sort of, they have to do with misogyny, but they also have to do with things that I've dealt with. Like I have been somebody, to be honest with you, who has, I like there've been times in my life where I was like, if this particular therapy doesn't work, I'm going to kill myself. Mm-hmm. I've literally been just being all the way honest and I'm not trying to, but there's been times with my prior therapist, like, uh, I don't want to say her name, but I remember I got with her in a moment of crisis. And then as we continue to go, I'm like, I really need this to work. So I started asking her more about her therapeutic background. I'm like, like, have you ever worked with somebody like me? Do you know how sick I really am? And that could have come across to her in some way, maybe because I was a man or maybe because I'm fucking crazy or whatever it is. And so what starts to happen with this one and the other lady who was a therapist and said that black men deserve hell or jail, Rachel, which you also defended her, which was Yeah, that's, that wild. was more extreme than this. Like, but, That's more extreme but, than this. I'm not going to compare the two, but I did defend her. But, <laughs> but what, I, what I'll say is like, I, I don't know. This feels dehumanizing in a way. It's subjective though. Okay. And I think, and I understand exactly, I don't want to take away from anything that you just said, but I don't think that you can compare the situations. She didn't just say, hey guys, don't, I'm not doing male clients. She explained what has personally been happening to her in her particular practice. So based off of that, I am no longer going to provide services to male clients. She's not the only therapist out there. She's not even saying that she's going to get rid of the, maybe she is, but she didn't say, her current, the current male clients that she, she already actually, has. She actually said the opposite. She said she likes some of the male clients. Okay. She so she didn't say that. She just said, and I, and I, of course, I'm assuming this on her, but I would think that it, if it is this prevalent from men that are challenging you in this way, it starts to have an impact on your mentality. And there's no way that as human beings, you don't start to develop a personal bias. And if she feels that, maybe her, that, and maybe she should say that, but maybe it's like, if, I, if I'm feeling this way, I'm not going to fully be able to dedicate myself to the practice of therapy. I'm not going to give these men what they need. So I'm actually just going to close the store. I will agree with you that I'm not a big fan of an announcement on social media, but if this is how she's continued to, grow her business, then it makes sense that she did here. Did it here? It would be the equivalent if she announced it on a website. It's like, just so you know, well, so you don't waste your time. I'm no longer accepting male clients. I get it. So it's like, to me, it's reminiscent and not a one-to-one of kind of the, uh, of, of kind of the thing that a lot of black ladies say about black men who date white women. It's like, hey, I date white ladies. You go date your white ladies. But the moment you go on Twitter and go, this is why I'm not dating black women. The moment you go out of your way to say, okay. And and look, it is not a one-to-one situation. Okay. There, there, are, you to acknowledge there, that. <laughs> there are sex, there are dynamics of sexism and misogyny that go in here. But as someone who has needed therapy, like desperately at times, and may have not gone about it in a way that was rational 
Or I don't know, maybe at some point I was like, okay, have you ever worked with somebody that has extreme anxiety? Have you ever worked like I, I can't sleep? Do you know about like, you know, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I need this to work. I, I need someone, I need help. And I don't want to do something for two or three weeks and then like still be staring at my chakra. So, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening with her. It doesn't right. seem to be that Before serious. it even gets to that point, it seems right. like she's cutting it off. Yeah. And I would but, think that if she's really dedicated, she would refer for the people who are in. It's like, well, now I'm telling you, no, I'm not even going to accept it, but I can't do it. Let me give you somebody else who possibly can. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought it was an interesting conversation. I think it's 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 certainly something that she can set uh she can set uh boundaries on. I just I do I, I I am starting to feel like um and of course this is in the wake of the Angela Bassett thing that people said a bu- a bunch of things about that that I never said. Like literally people heard that with their emotions, which I often do as well. And people were emotional about it, self-included. Yeah, and people heard a bunch of things that I never said. I never said I had people saying Man, did you even see everything everywhere all at once? Like Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis didn't deserve to win. I specifically said I didn't think she deserved the Oscar. The only thing I said was that Angela Bassett looked disappointed. She looked extremely disappointed. Yeah, you said that's that. That's how she that's how she looked to me. And uh <clears throat> there's something else. And this is not because I watched the Fox Nation thing. What Fox Nation? What are you talking about? Fox Nation Justice Millette thing. Oh. Okay. First of all, their clips have been coming out and it's been hilarious. With the it's two guys speaking out? The Austin Dario brothers. I didn't watch it. I have to move past it. <laughs> I don't have Fox Nation. But I think that this, this, some of the, the criticism of this and other things, as far as it concerns me, it exists in this other space. Like, I don't expect purity from people. Right? Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could have set up your own fucking attack. You could have done it. There are people who are providing me with evidence right now that say Justice Millett didn't do it. And mm-hmm. there's some pretty compelling evidence. I know people are not going to want to hear it that might exonerate Justice Millett on appeal. So I just hope that everybody's open-minded. I, obviously, I would love for Tim to, to have not done it. But it doesn't matter to me if he did it or not because people fuck up, right? So if Justice Millett did that, Hmm. it's not that big of a deal to me. It's a big deal what he does after this. Okay. So, if in fact, Angela Bassett was disappointed and didn't clap, who fucking cares? Right? Mm -hmm. Litigating whether or not she was actually disappointed in the moment in my opinion, is only for people who want to, who seek to preserve a certain purity or a belief that Angela Bassett in some way wouldn't do that. And I think sometimes people's purview is that people are getting unfairly criticized for stuff or people are being put in places like, it to me, I don't need to think that she is a perfect angel that would never do something like that. She's a human being. I don't need to think for just for I don't I don't need to think. I had somebody on back in the day. Somebody on the Reddit said that I'm obsessed with Dr. King cheating on his wife 
because mm. that's what my father used to do. They actually said that. That that's yes. like, that that's what my dad used to do. My dad is dead, right? Like, that's, that's what my dad used to do. No, I'm the only reason why I would bring that up is because it's true. Yeah. And to be honest with you, if you've done enough reading and research on Dr. King, the fact that he coped like that is a big, huge part of his life. I don't need to think that Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X right. or Maya Angelou was perfect. So it's nothing to do with me criticizing anyone as a black woman or as a black man. It has to do with the fact she didn't win the fucking award. She wasn't pleased about it. By the way, had I gone to the Oscars and done everything that you have to do to go to the Oscars, to make it to that room, to sit down there in the front, and there was somebody in front of me and I couldn't see the stage, I would be annoyed. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I would be annoyed. Does that, does that mean, no, it was Tim's first time at the Oscars. Does that, does, does that mean that Tim's is some kind of horrible person? <laughs> no. It means that I've it been means in your a stylist is. It, it, it means I've been in a situation before where everybody was wrangling about who was going to go to the award show. And I've and I understand the culmination of some careers it means to be in that room. And to see a cloud the whole time <laughs> would be slightly annoying. Of course it would be. So it's not the end of the fucking world if we could say maybe she should have changed out of her red carpet look before she sat like down. Like a lot of people do. Right. And so, and so I don't there's just no, it's like, okay, if you acknowledge whatever, it's, you hate black ladies and it's getting, it's getting annoying. Is that what people are saying to you? No, no. The, p- people are, people are saying I didn't defend Angela Bassett, right? Defend her from what? Well, I think, no, you didn't defend her. You said she was disappointed, which I acknowledged as well. I said, she was disappointed. My issue was not how she reacted. It was the way people reacted to her disappointment that I had an issue with. Let mm-hmm. that woman be disappointed. Now, you did make a comment about the way Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors handled it. Is that what people had an issue with? Because you kind of you you were like, you didn't use the word coddled. I'd have to I run the tape consoling. back. I said consoling. So what okay. I said was, because like, what I said... And you made it seem like that was, it was bad because I looked at it as like an acknowledgement, like we see you, we love you. You, what I inferred from that is that you were kind of like, they shouldn't have done that. Like, no, I never said, this is what I said. When I said she was extremely disappointed, you said, well, she wasn't extremely disappointed. And I was like, well, I read it as extremely disappointed. And I said, other people read it as extremely disappointed Mm -hmm. because she was actually being consoled from the stage. That's all. I wasn't saying like, if if you were up for an Academy Award, mm-hmm. you guys, we did a separate degree of fundraising to get to for for an Oscar campaign. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Let, let me break something down real quick. And we we were not one of the big Oscars. We're best live action short film. We have the movie. We just so people understand something about this. We have the movie. We put the movie out. The movie gets accepted into the Academy's uh, review process, then the movie gets shortlisted. Uh, Around the time that the movie gets shortlisted, and the shortlist is, here are the 10 movies that we are even considering for nominations, right? Around the time that the movie gets shortlisted, we now feel like we have a good chance to win an Academy Award, right? 
something that is career making and career cementing mm-hmm. in Hollywood. So what we decide is even for short film, we are going to run an Oscar campaign. We had to raise more money to do the Oscar campaign. And the specific things that we had to do were really taxing. It was a lot. Trayvon had to be everywhere at once. We had to have two, three weekly calls with the people that were helping us run the campaign. We had to not do a bunch of things in order to make sure that we didn't piss off anybody from the academy. We had to talk to this person. We had to do this interview. We had to go here. We had to do this. We had to, it was like almost a separate film that had to be made, which in and of itself was the production of the awards campaign. So what I'm telling people is, if you've been through all of that, and a lot of times, if you've spent extra money, or if your or if your agents or whatever have spent extra money, and you get to the awards, and you don't win, you're disappointed, and you're especially disappointed if you've been in this business in this game for a long time. You're disappointed, right? So, yeah. like, there's a lot that goes into it. So the fact that she wasn't disappointed was like a non-thing to me. But I think that when we first started having the conversation, it was kind of like people didn't even want to admit that she was disappointed. When I said that, like your reaction was, really, was she extremely disappointed? I'm like, yeah. Which I acknowledged. I was in my feelings about it because of all the fodder that I had seen on social media and even covering it here on, on, on Extra and hearing other shows talk about it, I was so annoyed by it. So when you said extremely, I admit it. I was like, that. I'm, I'm emotional about it. It triggered me. But I obviously said she's disappointed and she's allowed to be disappointed. And you know what? I want to see more people disappointed when they don't win because that's how you really feel. Yeah, man, I remember the Oscars and they gave Elia Kazan an Oscar. If people don't remember Ilya Kazan, he's the director of, uh, no, they didn't give him an Oscar. He already ran an Oscar. They brought him back to the Oscars. Um, and this is a, a Oscar clap thing. Ilya Kazan had like, he was like a big time. He was, he was part of the fucking House Foreign Service Committee, just naming names and all of that stuff. And, you know, Ed Harris and, uh, and his wife, who herself is a, fantastic actress. I can't remember her name. I think it's uh, uh, Madigan or she was in Field of Dreams, a bunch of movies I can see her. I just can't remember who she is right now. Um, they didn't they didn't clap when he was up there. Like a little protest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't clap. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't clap when other things happen. Sometimes people don't clap. But sometimes people do clap and then they leave. Like, not that big of a deal. Fuck it. <laughs> she didn't like it. It's over. Like, what I said, write, like, write more roles for older black ladies. Don't write them as just as mothers. Write them like Michelle Yeoh got written for goddamn uh uh every everything everywhere or all Jamie at Lee once. Curtis. Or like write more roles for older black women. Mm-hmm. Like give them the opportunity and they'll they'll be there. They're playing roles for Frances McDormand, playing roles for Meryl Streep, playing roles for all of these other ladies that are that are getting up there, and they always kind of seem to beat. There's just not as many for, and that was my point. But whatever, I hate black ladies. And I hate black men. I mean, what a do, pair. Though. What a pair. But you but you do you you do though. You really hate them though. 
Okay. Like, I hate like you, you seriously do. You should fucking deal with yourself right now. I, I'm, yeah. I'm owning it right here, right now. It Can't was funny though. You don't hate them. black men. Obviously, you don't hate black. Men. But it was <laughs> right. funny when I said, uh, and then you said, and I agree with it. That <laughs> and was hysterical. I agree with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna get to mailbag, but before we do, what the fuck? <laughs> Pras from the Fugees. Uh, mm-hmm. Facing 22 years in prison after declining a plea deal, Pras has finally spoken up about the criminal conspiracy and campaign finance charges he faces after being accused of assisting the Chinese government? What? Never heard about this. During an interview with Rolling Stone, the rapper detailed his involvement with a Malaysian businessman named uh, Ho Lo or Joe Lo. I've heard about this guy. This guy has been going on a fucking rampage getting bags from everywhere. Everywhere. Hanging oh. out with Leonardo DiCaprio. Was, oh, wow. Saying, yeah. Because I was one of those people who was just dabbling. I never thought I would be full-time into politics. He said of his ensuing political turmoil re- resolving uh, Joe, Joe Lowe. I realized the politics is not for me. The problem with politics is that the people within politics, they're dirtier than the people who are not in the politics, whatever. Um, he's a Malaysian... A national who's uh, who's allegedly divested his country his country's sovereign wealth fund of four point five billion dollars. He used the stolen money to buy his way into American political circles, mm. right? Throwing a one hundred million dollars in funding to the Wolf of Wall Street as a play to become friends, just to be friends with Leonardo. And it worked. That's he was so- hanging around. He was hanging around. That's wild. Prize later discovered that uh, Joe's primary goal, we have to make sure I'm saying this guy's name right, was getting in with the U.S. government hoping to exploit his relationship with then President Barack Obama. And all of this means that in some way Prize is on the hook for maybe being a spy? They say that he contributed $1.1 million of his of this guy's money to Obama's campaign, but oh. framed it as money from multiple people. Meanwhile, this guy was using prize to get closer to the Trump administration. Oh, and a supposed fixer who can make the investigation into his embezzlement case disappear. What has prize got himself into? What is he doing? Prize. Oh my God. And why is prize just taking the fall? How come Leonardo DiCaprio? I mean, I saw a bunch of names around this. Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, maybe we should do a deep dive episode into this. What should we yeah. do a deep dive episode well, into? Because we did well, because- deep di- we did animals, and people didn't fuck with the animal episode, but they did fuck with the idea of the episode. Maybe we should do a deep dive into what's going on with Prize. Well, yeah, because as it is, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, actually, it would be Wolf of Wall Street that would be in trouble with the stolen money, not Leo himself. He didn't take the money. He just happened to be hanging in the circle of a criminal. But what was Praz doing? I don't even understand. The, I've, this explanation doesn't even give me the full purpose into, as to what Praz was really doing and why he was involved. I still don't get it. What did he stand to gain from this? Let me ask you something here. This is why we have to get 
this is what the story tells me, Rachel. You got to get your mail back. We have to get our weight up. And not in the fat bitch way. <laughs> we have to get our weight up in terms of our celebrity shit. And I'll tell you why. Look at the sums of money being thrown around here. $1.1 million. $100 million. How come I haven't met this motherfucker yet? Do you want to? I mean, yeah, basically, sure. What you want to do? What you want to do with somebody who stole how much was it? Billions of dollars. Like what? What? So what? Okay, you meet him. What you want to do? You want him to invest into your next movie? Uh, yes. <laughs> when you stolen money, and then your movie's gonna then you then you're implicated. Nobody's even talking about the Wolf of Wall Street. This is what I do. I run this through Tommy. White. That's what people. I'm saying. I run this through Tommy. <laughs> I run this through Bill. <laughs> I get Sean Fennessy to take care of it. Okay, you know your saying? friends are going to have to watch out. What? 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 I run this. I'm like, I'm telling you, for me, they're going to come after me, right? They would love to come after me, have a picture of me, Mike Babcock. Remember when he did this at TMZ? Blah, blah, blah. We knew he was unhinged. Whatever. Fine. Cool. But they would never say that about a Tommy or a Steve Allman from the Ringerverse. Pew, pew. So I could put Steve. Actually, Steve is perfect. You guys. Look up Steve Almond <laughs> right Steve. now. Look up Steve Almond. I'm gonna show you this face. This is a face that a, that white America loves. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Uh, look, Shout go out to Steve. I want man. you guys to go to at Steve Almond. At a Steve S T E V E H A H L M A N. That's what uh, our guy from. Look at this face. That's a great picture. Look at this. We love Steve. We love Steve. Steve is never, Steve will, I put it through Steve, but damn right I want to meet this guy. I need some funny money. Okay, that's enough. Um, mailbag. Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. First mailbag question is from Bernagat Sailor. They ask, how many pigeons do you think you could take in a fight for your life if you if your only weapon was your bare hands? What? Pigeons. Okay. Um, well, anybody who knows me knows I have a fear of birds. So I wouldn't last long. You don't think so? But I'd you, probably but you, go into shock. Do you at the mere sight of them? I'd break out in hives, that many birds, and I would go into shock. I'm down to punch one bird. I'd say if you got 10 of them, I think I would pass out just, just at the sight of that many birds. Um, every time I think about pigeons, I think about the difference between, uh, the, between pigeons and doves. And what's that? One is white. <laughs> One is white. A dove yeah, but is like, but they're more pigeons than doves. Like a dove, a they, dove is basically they're a running pigeon things. That's a dove is basically a pigeon that's that's white. I mean, they are some kind of white pigeons, but it's basically the same thing. But it's like you know, you get to. Did be, I tell you that we used to dissect pigeons? I'm sure you did. I don't know. I think I could beat fifty pigeons, maybe a hundred. <laughs> okay. Are you running? Because uh, the way I'm taking this is you got to stand still and just use your hands. A hundred, man. They be pecking away. 
I, I, I don't think that a pigeon could kill me, though. I think that it, it's going to take a lot for a pigeon to fuck me up. I think I'm going to be able to get one pigeon, right? And then use it to fight the other pigeons. I think I could be 50 pigeons. Just making me I sick. think it, I think I could be 50 pigeons. Now, if you, if you give <laughs> so me, if you give me any sort of weapon, I'm looking around right now. Tennis racket, I see over there. The basketball is not going to help me. A couple of things. If, if I had a tennis racket, I could beat 150 pigeons. Yeah, but all it takes is one getting in your eye. Oh, the like you eye. Drop, you but see you what I'm saying? Like you drop the te- you drop the tennis racket. They get you. They get you on a weak arm. Mm-hmm. They drop you. You drop the tennis racket. You're stooping down to pick it up. One gets you in the eye. Uh, now you the can't eye, see. The eye Suzanne? is tough. But you know what I might do? I might like wrap something around myself for eye, protect- eye protection because nope. I can fight them blind. And remember, fat bitch. So it's gonna take a lot more for them to get. They gotta go through. They gotta get through at least at least two pounds of titty meat to get into my vital organs. You Who know it's put true. put this question out there? All right, go ahead. This is next. too, this is too much. <laughs> All right, next one. Vegetable Donnie, spirit. see, you laughing. You're laughing because you know it's funny. Keep going. <laughs> Vegetable Spirit asks, what's the weirdest dream you ever had? Yo, man, plus this. Like, last night, fucking weird, Rach. Crazy weird, like stupid weird. I dreamed last night, and these dreams are so real. Like it's not even dreams. It's like I'm in another. <laughs> it's I can control my thoughts and decisions. Oh, that's what. Now that's wild. I swear on my fucking dad, man. I like two nights in a row. I'm having dreams. One night, like the night before last. In the dream, I was trying to convince myself it was a dream. I'm like, is this real? I've done that before. I've done that before. Yes. So this is what I dreamed last night. I dreamed last night that I was trying to show somebody around Hollywood. I don't know who this person was. (laughs) We were walking from one place to another place. We get inside this place and everybody's like, oh, man, it's cool. How are you doing? everybody's hanging out. I sit down on the couch and then all of a sudden, Chris Brown is there. And Chris Brown sees me and then his people see me and he starts to kind of antagonize me and I start to antagonize him. Mm. And then all of a sudden, everybody behind me turns into mooses. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm not even fucking playing around they turn into mooses and Chris and the rest of his friends who are there get super fucking scared I mean they're scared because mooses are fucking huge and I say release and the fucking <laughs> mooses run over everybody in the party and there are people above <laughs> us like they're in the clouds or they're on a transparent sort of um, fucking thing and they're clapping. And I'm in control of all of these mooses who are just trampling because he was about to have a bunch of guys jump me and fight me. And I was so scared. But then all of a sudden, everybody turned into a moose. Huge, big, gigantic moose. And I sent the moose. And the moose ran over everyone. 
And then people above were clapping and I woke up like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm really crazy for real. You're not crazy, but I don't know about you. When you have vivid dreams like that, which is hilarious, I've never had a dream about a moose, but I have dreams about like animals or even insects at times. And I always mm-hmm. immediately look them up. So I looked up for you, the meaning of moose in dreams. And you're going to love this first sentence. Mm-hmm. Seeing a moose in your dream denotes that your emotions are being driven by your animal instinct. Wow. It says you might be behaving without any thought to your options. It could indicate oh that you should give more time to your loved ones and you might be overemphasizing your career and neglecting your personal needs. God Do damn. you relate to any of this? Just all off of, how could that be from a moose? A moose doesn't have a career. It's the meaning of a moose. It's the symbolism of it. I'm telling you, I look it up every time. Rachel, this wasn't just one moose. It wasn't two moose. It wasn't three moose. This that was might at change least the meaning a of thousand the moose. That might change the meaning because and they were that's huge what you have to check. Moose. <laughs> what about yours? Just tell, sure? about you, tell about I, yours. I, I recently, well, I'm not going to go there, but I, I always have dreams about the end of the world. Oh my God. Like an apocalypse. And they always take place at an amusement park. And I've had this dream <laughs> happening happen so many times since I was young. It's like I'm always I'm always with my dad. And we're always trying to find the rest of my family. And we're running around, running around, tr- like fighting things off. I don't know what those things are, but like the the it's like the sky is falling. The world is collapsing. But we're at like a six flags. It's not a game. It's the real thing. And we're always trying to get back to Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. I always have a dream like that in different variations. The weirdest dream I had, though, I dreamed that my sink in my bathroom was overflowing. It was just overflowing. It was coming from the pipes. And I had these buckets and I was dumping them in the tub, dumping them in the tub. And that's all the dream was. I woke up the next day. My sink started overflowing. And it was coming from the pipes. It was an old thing. It was like coming from the apartments, from the top and the bottom, something with the pipes. And I was taking the water and dumping it in the no. tub. It wouldn't stop. Wouldn't stop. I'm a witch. Yeah, you're a witch. I'm a witch. That's not, that's not of Jesus. That is, I swear to God this happened. And I was freaked out by it. And I talked to my aunt who has dreams like this too. And she's like, you have the gift. <laughs> <laughs> You have the gift. You might have it. You might have the gift. Okay, Donnie, one more. All right, last one. Uh, Black Chill asks, what songs have white people run into the ground? They give some examples. There's our Eminem's The Real Slim Shady, YouTube Beautiful Day, Gangnam Style, and The Star Spangled Banner. What are y'all's? Uh, uh, this is w- how we do it. This is, uh, which is so sad for me because that's like one of my joints. Uh, what's that one where... They always play it when a when a white woman has a, gets her freedom. What's that song? Uh, was yeah, they played on they play at the beginning of these shows when a white woman's feeling good about herself. God damn, they play. It, it could be so many songs. No but, man, uh, let me. My look it other up. one is Fifty Cent in the club. Uh that's so you can't play that song enough. Hold on, let me look it up. The white woman song. Is it fast? Is it slow? Uh, it's. Grey's Anatomy. 
They played it on Grey's Anatomy. They played it, uh, they played it so many times. I hated that song. You don't know what I'm talking about? It's like a, uh, it's a woman anthem, I'm assuming. It's kind of a woman's anthem. It's like, um, shit. What's in the, what's that one song? It's, nah, it's, come on, man. It's like, um, who's it by? Who made the song? He does. He can't give us anything, guys. Raise an anatomy soundtrack. Hold on. <laughs> chill, chill. Let, let me see. Let, let me see. I Not I am woman. Not I am woman. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. I'm looking for it. I'm looking at all the Grey's Anatomies. I will uh, survive. No, 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 no. It's okay. Let me see. Is this it? No, it's like, what is this song? It's like, uh, it's like a happy song. Like you're walking away and they put it at the beginning of all of these different fucking. Suddenly I see. Suddenly I see. This is where I want to oh be. Oh my God, I hate I that song, bro. Oh, Jesus I'm, Christ. As soon as she said oh, happy. They, bro, they, like, I was like, I was like, bro, I fucking can't stand that song. Suddenly <laughs> I see. I could not remember the name of it. Everywhere it was like, so, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> KT Tungstall. Suddenly I see. I just don't fuck with that song at all, man. And they started really? putting it, they started putting it everywhere. That shit came Clearly, out. Clearly, the fact that you said happy song and I knew exactly what you were talking about. It's how Devil Wears Prada starts out. See, it was Devil Wears Prada. Then they put it on Grey's Anatomy. And it was, it was all over the place to me. It's like, it, it, I don't fuck with that song <laughs> at all. That to me is the white woman song. Suddenly you see what? <laughs> like what do you see you don't see nothing like you know what I'm saying is, wow is, is I this did the, not know you KT felt that Tungsten? strongly is this the one that I'm talking about KT? yes that's who sings the song yeah and they put it on different show. I, I do not like that song man why I, the hell it means so much to me Donnie we're gonna go out to that yeah obviously uh, <laughs> <all right>. <laughs> <sighs> uh, do you have an unexpected ally of the week Oh, well, yes. Something I'd never thought I'd do. No, Something go. I'd never thought would be unex the unexpected ally of the week, or at least it wouldn't come from me, but The Bachelor. Wow, talk about it. They named a Black Bachelorette. I'm already getting flooded with asking if I'm going to be a part of the season. Guys, no. I support charity. I wish her, I wish that she gets, her name's Charity. I wish, I hope that she gets every single thing that she wants from this show. Uh, but I also hope that people just treat her well. That's my biggest hope for her because it is tough and I'm sure it's already started. But um, yeah, naming a black bachelorette. I thought they had, so why, why is that so special? There have been black bachelors before. I'm asking. Well, it's special I'm because serious. well, it's special because they pick someone who's not white mm -hmm. and they don't have a track record of that. It's usually like, oh, I pick it to satisfy the moment of what's going on in the country, or it's been 15 years. Let's go ahead and name our first one because she checks all the boxes. Like they they've gone back to what makes them comfortable. So to pick someone who's black is unexpected, in my opinion. And also, she's black, black. Mm. 
She's hundred percent black. So she's so they just they. She's wait. not biracial. She's not a biracial bachelorette. Which the last two have been biracial. The last two black bachelorettes have been biracial, and one of them doesn't even want you to say black. Call them black. So charity is black. Now, 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 Rachel. That's I didn't say anything that wasn't true. I, don't I, you don't make I it just, into something not, that it's I'm not. not. I'm not going to. I'm just going to let you know that there might be some people that point out the fact that you said that she is black, black. I mean, she's a, she's not biracial. Excuse me. I was saying that about me. I'm black, black. Wendy Williams told me, you, but you blackity black. That's what she told me. I'm not biracial. Both both Michelle and Tasha introduced themselves as biracial bachelorettes, which they are, and they should stand in that. They should be proud. I'm just saying charity is not biracial. Gotcha. She's a black woman. I see charity here. Charity... I see. Is that Charity right there? That's Charity. Who is this dude in the picture? Who is that? The Bachelor. That's The Bachelor? Mm-hmm. Is, hold on for a second. Wait, wait hold on. Is that Charity on his shoulders? I don't know. I don't watch the show. I don't know what that's from. It definitely there's no is face. Her. There's no face. It's it's her for sure. You guys, we have to stop the back. We have okay. <laughs> hold on for a second. <laughs> what what is that picture that you so just this found? picture right here? This is a picture of her on her date with this guy. He's apparently she got her leg. How you got, know that's her? It's got to be her because it's her. It, yeah, <laughs> I saw that episode. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, it. I saw it. So, but actually, do she, you get look, offended when I say that she's like? It's not about black. I'm not offended at all. Like that it's was not, like the big thing of the episode, anyways. It's not. I'm. I'm. You know. <laughs> no one should get offended, but some people are going to because. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nobody should get offended. But I'm looking at these pictures right here. The Bachelor has to be stopped, man. Can we get? Can can you, you, the Bachelor has to be stopped? I'm looking at this man right here. She got he carrying her. She got the wet wet on the back of his neck. He's he's. He, <laughs> he, he, you, you know what I'm saying? He's. He's carrying her all over the place. I'm looking at him. I'm not the. It, I, I'm not hating at all. She went to Auburn, which sucks in and of itself. I, I I love. I'm gonna follow her. I'm into everything that Charity got going on. Can we Absolutely please? Support can her. we please We're get a black? We're not recapping. Can we please get a black couple on The Bachelor? Can we please for America? And this is not a diss, right? It's Shout a out. fact. This I didn't not, choose someone who wasn't is, black. Is, I'm not mad at that. Can can we? Can we get? Charity and motherfucking Jalen walking down. It's going to be... Yeah, but they got to pick a Jalen. They don't pick Jalen's. They pick art. (laughs) (laughs) They got to bring Jalen to the show. And I'm dead serious. But why don't they just bring like... Let me ask you this. And we, we will leave. If they would have brought Fucking, how many guys is it on The Bachelor? It ranges from 25 to 30 something. If they'd have brought 30 guys, do you think that you'd be married to a black dude right now? 30. They did bring 30 guys. If they would have brought 30 black dudes, do you think? It depends who they were. Because you might have left with nobody. You might have left with no one. I kept saying that the guys that I dated prior to coming on to this show would never come on The Bachelor. And I knew that. Because those niggas, they, would, <laughs> they wouldn't even they wouldn't be able to do it because it's in LA and they still on parole. 
That's so, not, so, that's so, not so, true. Wait, wait, There's wait, only one of those. They can't lead a state. So <laughs> I don't see one. those guys. <laughs> um, my unexpected ally of the week is Larsa Pippen. Uh, Larsa Pippen. Larsa Pippen has done nothing for black people this week. <laughs> um, but nobody has. Okay. Larsa's out here wild. Nobody's what paying ha- attention. Larsa's I, yeah, I am not up to date on what's happening with Larsa. First of all, we didn't relitigate it on the podcast, but Larsa is in fact fucking dating Marcus, Michael Jordan's kid. Okay, they're, they're, dating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're dating. They're in a relationship. It's fine. Whatever. You know, you want to have sex with people that you knew when they was nine years old. Cool. Uh, it, it's it's it is what it is. I think it's weird, no matter who does it, but whatever. Larsa was on her Real Housewives show and her OnlyFans and BBLs and all of these things came up. Larsa has... You watched the reunion last night? I or did. today? I did. I watched it the second one? Yeah. Oh La- my God, don't spoil anything. I haven't seen it yet. Larsa has seamlessly transitioned into must-see bullshit television. And as I start my journey, into bullshit TV. As I start my journey, as I turn off weird videos on the history of hypersonic missiles, <laughs> and I turn on what's going on in this different... You can't miss Larson. You can't miss her. It's just... I'm looking at it right now. She's... she she She's criticizing this lady for being an anesthesiologist, but she has an OnlyFans feet page. And people yeah. are getting at her. She has more than feet, but yes. What do you mean she does more than feet? What do you mean? She doesn't just show feet. What does she show? She shows like pictures of her body and stuff. Like she's talked about it before and on a past season. But she doesn't she doesn't get nude on there though. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that Larsa Pippen would be giving up to us. But who knows? Um, I like it. I I enjoy it. And you know, Larsa Pippen, she she doesn't want to believe, she doesn't want people to think that she got a BBL, which is like She's, She's continued not. to I, deny it. I like it. I like all they of sh- it. They showed what she looked like in season one versus now. Miami doesn't get that much play, right? Because they moved it to Peacock. It's so good. I'm, I'm telling you, it's the best franchise out right now. Miami? It is really? so good. It is. so The things that they argue over, what's happening, because it's you've got black... Latina. There's no white, actually. It's just black and Latina. Do they say the N-word? Do the Latinas say the N-word on there? No, but there is an episode where Larsa's wearing braids and they ask one of the black women what she thinks about that. And Larsa's like, my parents are Moroccan. I, you know, like, I grew... It's a whole thing. It's a wait, whole wait, wait, thing. wait, wait, wait. Larsa's parents are for Moroccan? Or maybe her grandmother's Moroccan. Somebody's, oh. Mor- somebody's Moroccan. Well, shout out to Larsa Pippen. But why is she your unexpected ally of the week? Because I was entertained. That's oh, okay. okay. I said, it's like, you, you know, there's really nothing that happened that I could see that was good for anyone this week. Okay. Uh, but she just been entertaining. She went on, um, on, uh, on What's His Face, uh, excuse me, uh, Tamron Hall show and talked about her relationship. She's having sex with Michael Jordan's kid and they're in a relationship and all of that stuff. All of this stuff is crazy to me. It's just it's just a crazy fucking world. I gotta do something. <laughs> yes, I don't think it's crazy, but you know that's not the part of Larsa Pippen that I think is wild. But all right, 
right. Uh, take thing caps off, but do not stop learning. I'm Van Lee. I'm Rachel and Lindsay. Bye, guys. Suddenly.